everybody, and welcome to the chilling adventures of the doghouse. Praise Satan. Praise Satan. I really do love when they say that. This is going to be our spinoff coverage of the chilling adventures of Sabrina. And while this episode is going up in our doghouse feed, the rest of this series is going to be a Patreon exclusive piece of content for us. So if you enjoy this episode and you want to hear more, you will need to become a Patreon subscriber. $2 a month. $2 a month then. You get so much extra content as well. Yeah, all of our extra movies, our extra My Little Pony stuff. We talked about Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, there's a lot. We even talked through the entire comic book series that this is based on as one of our extra episodes. Which we will totally be referring back to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you join at the Patreon level, you'll get that preview. Okay, so I watched the entire series when it first came out and dropped on Netflix, and David is watching this one by one as we cover it. So he's Mr. In the Dark about everything. Little bit. Little bit, little bit. So how do you feel about this episode? And I like it. I love the tone. I love the style. Like, it's 60s. It's present day, but it's made to look like the 60s. It's made to look like 60s horror. Yeah. With the colors and the stylizing of everything. It's meant to look Mm -hmm. like a mid to late 60s horror movie. But like until you see Ambrose with the computer, you don't know if it is actually in the 60s or not. Oh, I got it when we met the friends at the movie theater. Yeah, It's pretty clear right away from the style that they have. But the way they're dressed is not. It's very 60s. No, but Harvey Kinkle's hair being sideswept was... That's a dead giveaway right away. It's in the same universe timeline as Riverdale. That's been made very clear by, from a lot of people. What do you think about our cast? Uh, I love little Sally Draper. Uh, Sally Draper's all grown up. Okay, I do love that part of the storyline is that she's going to tell people she's going to a boarding school in Connecticut. And that's exactly what she did as Sally Draper. <laughs> she went to a boarding school in Connecticut. That's a nice little... A wink and a nod. She's so good. She is very good. We haven't had this from any of the Riverdale kids consistently. Mm-hmm. Some of that was the writing. From dead moment one, she feels like a 16-year-old. Yeah. Well, she is the youngest actor to portray Sabrina. She's 19 right now. Yeah. Or she just turned 20. So when she filmed all this, she was still a teenager. But even then... It can be really hard to convincingly pull that off on camera, Mm -hmm. even when you are a teenager. Yes. So to actually make it feel like she's in that moment and feeling those teenage vibes and romance, it works so perfectly. It's not just her. Her friends feel like teenagers, too. Susie and Roz and Harvey, they all feel like teenagers, so they're doing a very good job with that. They are. Wardwell is perfect at being sinister. Yes. Oh, no, I love the switch. Like, I love her when we first meet her, and she's all, like, prim and proper and kind of plain, and then she gets possessed by who we know from the comic books to be Madam Satan. Yes. When she gets possessed, she's all, like, super hot lady in I, the best way. And I was not prepared. I thought it was going to be a reveal that she's she stays prim and proper. Oh, okay. Which I should have known. But then they bring this girl in from the woods, and I thought, oh, she's going to possess this girl, and then, whoop, mm-hmm. scissors in the neck. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Oh, I no. was wrong. I loved that. I, that was way more fun payoff than what they did in the comic books. Uh-huh. That's great. I also, I love the whole, like, okay, so they don't do this at all in the comics. We don't have Susie or Roz. No. They are not. We have Harvey, 
But Sabrina has used magic to get Harvey to be her boyfriend <laughs> in the comic book. And I'm like, we don't have that here. And we have this whole life for her. And so I remember when I was first watching this, I was like, man, you know, how are they? Like, they've got some really good people here. How are we going to deal with this? And I love that in a kind of a weak moment, she tells Harvey everything. And then she takes it right back. Yep. So I love that we kind of play with that whole, does Harvey know or doesn't he? He doesn't. Well, currently he doesn't. For like, At the moment. For like three minutes he knew. And, and then she freaks the fuck out. So right. It's great. All right. So I guess we should just start at the top of the episode since we've talked briefly about what we liked. All right. So we get this opening sequence. We get a lovely little monologue voiceover from Sabrina. In the town of Greendale, where there, where it always feels like Halloween, there lived a girl who is half witch, half mortal, who, on her 16th birthday, would have to choose between two worlds, the witch world of her family and the human world of her friends. My name is Sabrina Spellman, and that girl is me. And we see Sabrina and her friends watching a horror film. She doesn't even flinch. She loves it. It's Night of the Living Dead. It's Night of the Living Dead. And, you know, they, they're leaving the the movie theater and they're she's talking with her friends about it. They run into Miss Wardwell and invite her over to Dr. Cerberus. It's <clears throat> a lovely name. To go, you know, dissect the movie. And Miss Wardwell's like, no. And the friends are like, why did you invite Miss Wardwell, who's clearly their teacher of some sort? Mm-hmm. And Serena's just like, you know, I feel bad for her. She lives in that house all alone. So this is when we cut to Miss Wardwell is driving in the street and she sees a figure. She stops. The figure. Cut to Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival. That's a great song. Oh, they, they cut music in so perfectly. They did, some, they did some very cheeky cuts, which was very fun. I like this little name drop. We'll get you cleaned up and then call Dr. Saperstein in the morning. Dr. Saperstein <laughs> being the doctor from Rosemary's Baby. I haven't even seen that movie and I know that. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. All I thought of was uh, Parks and Recreation. Yeah, that's that was when I first heard it. I knew that, but I was like, oh, yeah, Saperstein is Rosemary's Baby's doctor. We go to Dr. Cerberus and it's like a comic book diner type place and... Susie and Roz, who are the two friend, two girlfriends of Sabrina, uh, they are just getting really deep into like this whole thing is a metaphor. It's a monster movie, uh, but it's also about the Cold War. <laughs> and Harvey's just like, huh? I don't get any of this. He is right to be, huh? And they are totally right because it is a giant allegory and. George Romero has said as much. No, it's just great. And I just love that we're getting this slice of this their, her teenage life. Yep. This is exactly what this is building up. Then we see Harvey and Sabrina are walking up to the Spellman Mortuary, which is clearly where Sabrina lives. Uh-huh. And it's just sweet. And he's pretending to chase her. And they get to the steps. And he gives her a necklace. And then he tells her that he loves her and that he was going to wait until her birthday. But since they may not be able to celebrate, he didn't want to wait. And Sabrina is just very touched and she's really glad he didn't. Oh, they're so sweet. It's too bad he has to die later. I don't know what's going to happen this season. I do know, but David doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I will try not to spoil things, but merely um, calm any fears you may have. Sabrina goes into the house and she's she's just 
squeeing with joy because the boy loves her. Be my, be my baby. It's so cute. Uh, and she uses her magic to like turn on the radio and she's just dancing up and it's just cute. She's a little teen half witch and it's, it's adorable. It's very sweet and happy and completely opposite of the tone for the next scene, which is Wardwell taking care of the hitchhiker that she picked up. She's offering her tea and yummy cookies and asking what happened to you. And she's like, oh, did someone attack you? And the, the hitchhiker is all like, no, the woods did. Oh, well, you know, everyone knows about the witch hunt in Salem. But there was also one here in Greendale, the Greendale 13 witches that were hung in the forest. And their angry spirits have haunted the woods ever since. You know, in this case, it's a lo- nice little bit of exposition. We got a lot of that type of stuff in the comics. So I like how quickly we got that here. They did exactly what I wanted them mm-hmm. to do, which is condense literally all of the previous comics into the first episode, pack it through the exposition, and then yeah. move on. Yes. Because and- it's all boring-ass shit. Oh, well, it's just, it's boring in the comic. Here it's fine, because it's like, oh, okay, we oh, need, yeah, we yeah, need yeah, that yeah, information. Yeah. Because you don't need more than two minutes of each piece to get it across. Mm-hmm. The hitchhiker's like, how do you know so much about witches? And Wardwell explains that she's the unofficial town historian, and she teaches at the local high school. Hitchhiker's like, do you have a student named Sabrina? Why, yes, Sabrina Spellman, do you know her? No, but I knew her bastard of a father who broke sacred witch law and then married a mortal sow. Death. And then stabs her via magic with scissors. Yay! We went there. I love it. I know, I loved it. It was great. Wardwell drops to the ground, blood starts pulling out, and then the hitchhiker starts doing a spell with the blood. And she recants, she uh, recites a spell. Clearly. And we just do this crossfade and see Madam Satan emerge. Well, it's now it's Miss Wardwell, but made up in a more glamorous way. And she's the one doing it. She goes, the great work begins, Dark Lord. I shall deliver Sabrina unto you. We cut to Sabrina. She's sleeping. She wakes with a start. She's covered in sweat. In pink pajamas, which is just so cute. It's not expected. She goes to look at her calendar and she's crossing out the days until her dark baptism, which I love that it's written. 16th, dark baptism. Ah, poop. (laughs) And then a bat crashes through her window and she sees it. She takes a book and smashes it and says, absit omen. Did Did you do your Latin translation here? I did not. Oh, no. What does that mean? Literally translated, absent omen means, may what is said not come true, used to express the hope that a reference to something undesirable should not foreshadow its arrival or occurrence. Yeah, this clearly isn't a good omen. So she's trying to be like, don't let that be true. Yeah. (laughs) Then we get this title card that says Tuesday. (laughs) Four days till baptism. It was so unexpected to get the title card and it be so menacingly horror but it just be day of the week. <laughs> it's very funny because they do it a couple times. But it's also good to let us know how much is happening in one actual day. Yes. So I liked that as a benchmark. Sabrina comes down and she says, good morning, aunties. Ambrose. Which, now we get to meet the ants. Uh, I love the ants so much. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> the best. They ask you, how did you sleep? And Sabrina's like, not great. I did wake up once or twice. And it's an exciting time in more ways than one. And Aunt Zelda is reading a newspaper, but she's got a cigarette holder on her finger. It's like a ring, but it extends the cigarette. I love it. (laughs) And just the way she talks, she goes, "Mm, I remember the week before my baptism. It felt as if I were really finally beginning. I barely slept. 
And then we have Aunt Hilda. She goes, okay, here's some rabbit's feet under your pillow tonight. You'll sleep like the dead. And now Sabrina tells him about the bat. That slut came through her window. And Ambrose is all like, oh, do you want me to bring it back? Ambrose <laughs> is clearly bored. <laughs> uh, Ambrose being her cousin. They say no necromancy, Ambrose. And they did talk about burying it in the pet cemetery by the sundial because there's plenty of room in there. And now Sabrina has to drink this weird, gross drink to cleanse her body of toxins before her baptism. Yep. <laughs> and Aunt Hilda's like, this is actually milk and eggs and rosemary and agrimony and a cup full of vanilla and a pinch of John the Conqueror root and tannis. Oh, and, and other herbs from my garden. Drink up, darling. <laughs> Don't do it, cousin. <laughs> oh, my God. Lucy Davis is amazing. Of course she is. Hilda. You will know her from being on the original office. Mm-hmm. She is phenomenal there. And here they use, I was so nervous that she wasn't going to get used well. She is a perfect opposite of Aunt Zelda. Zelda is no nonsense. It's all about the witch. <laughs> and Hilda cares about everybody. And it's just like, I want, I want whatever's best for you, Sabrina. And you know, I yeah. just I just want to be there and help you, and I want you to be a witch, but it's all your choice. You know? She she doesn't want to be as stern about all of it. Like clear, like she wants her to go do this dark baptism, but at the same time, it's like I want it to be your choice. And Zelda's like, no, you're just doing this. And Ambrose is just there for chaos. I love Ambrose. He's great. <laughs> He's way more fun than the comic book. I love that. And Zelda says, okay, so you got to pick your familiar. Here's the registry from the council. I've indicated a few suitable options. So apparently you pick your familiar. And you we, can. You can. And we find out that familiars are goblins who have taken the shape of animals to better serve their witch masters. The more you know. Well, that's, an, that's a very interesting thing that will come up later in the series. Sabrina wants to summon a familiar. She wants to put it out there into the spirit universe that she's looking for a familiar. She wants the familiar to volunteer. In other words, she's putting out one tads. Basically. To the witch world. (laughs) Yeah. She's asked about what is going to be your baptismal name. And she goes, yeah, Edwina Diana. Edwina, which is almost Edward to honor my father and Diana to honor my mother. And not just to honor them, but to be closer to them, to have them with me as I walk the path of night. And Hilda is all like, I wasn't going to cry. And I wish your mom and dad were here to see this, to see you. Yeah. They'd be so proud of the person you've become. So proud of the witch you're becoming. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, again, it's all about being a witch. You're not a person. You're a witch. Let's not forget that. Sign your book. Do this thing. So. We go out into the cemetery, and Sabrina's burying this bat, and Ambrose comes out, and is just like, so, Penny Dreadful for your thoughts, cousin? Ugh, the references are great. You know, some people say that a bat crashing through your window would be a bad omen, and Sabrina says, I also found a two-headed frog in my shoe yesterday. And Ambrose kind of leans, he's like, you're not having doubts about your dark baptism, because Madams Jekyll and Hyde are very excited. <laughs> and Sabrina explains, she goes... I am excited, but I'm also a little, and Ambrose is like, it's okay. It's okay to be nervous. I, w- I had butterflies. It's fine. What have you told your mortal friends? Mm-hmm. He's like, I hope you told them you're transferring to a boarding school. And we find out that Sabrina has told them nothing. They don't even know. 
Oh, Sabrina. Yeah. And so here we get more exposition from Ambrose. He's like, look, once you do your dark baptism, you become a full witch. You'll stay younger, longer. And then you'll go to the Academy of Unseen Arts where your father was the headmaster and you'll cultivate your gifts. And you just need to rip off this Band-Aid and say goodbye to your friends. And then Sabrina says, you know, you're only supposed to start missing things after you say goodbye to them, right? And Ambrose says, again, more exposition, I've been under house arrest with your aunties for the last 75 years, Sabrina. Forbidden to leave these subgrounds. I am continuously missing everything. (laughs) So Ambrose is not allowed to leave the grounds of the home. Uh, He's under house arrest. You know there's context here, and I can see it in your face, and it's just annoying me now. Oh, because I know why he's under house arrest? Because in the comic books, they never tell us. In the show, we find out why he's under house arrest. Yeah. What he did. And it's great. Sabrina goes to the forest, and we get this giant stump, and she rings a bell, and she says, Spirits of the forest, I pronounce my intentions to thee. Come forth and seek me. Unequal we will be, not master and servant, but familiar to familiar to share our knowledge, our spirit, and our traits. And so, like, then the wind starts shifting, and she's like, all right, well, we'll wait. And then all of a sudden, some witches arrive, the weird sisters, if you will. And they are horrible Horrible witches. Sucky bitches. Sucky bitches, which is a great term that I'm totally going to use in real life. (laughs) They are just like, well, 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 are we to assume that means that you'll be transferring to the Academy of Unseen Arts as well? They're just horrible. They're racist. They're very, they call her a half breed. Yep. They don't want her at the Academy. And so they start putting a spell on her. A curse. A curse. To which Sabrina's response is, really? A curse? Really? I'm cursing me? God. And they finally (sighs) go away. I love how it's this spooky thing as we watch it, but for her, it's just like, oh, come on. And you're just mean girls. They're sucky bitches. Yep. Yeah, so they say a bunch of racist shit about her being a half-breed, which is also really problematic coming from Prudence, who is the African-American witch. It's bad. It's bad. It gets worse later. That's something that they are completely tone deaf about. I don't like it, and it's gross. This is something that will have to be discussed further as more things unfold in the show. But this is a problem with this show for sure. And there is a lot of white savior bullshit. I'm just, I just don't want to pretend that it's not there and I don't see it. And I will say when I was first watching this show, some of the things that show up made me very uncomfortable and unhappy. And it made me consider not covering the show. Yeah, but we're doing it. But we're doing it. So we are going to talk about some of those horrible things because to not talk about it would to pretend like they're not exist. They don't exist and they're not problematic and we don't want to do that either. All right. So Sabrina, after the witches leave, she wipes her nose. She's got, she's got a nosebleed. She calls them the sucky bitches and she starts running to school. She's running through the school and, you know, her friend is like, hi, hi, Sabrina. And she's like, I stepped in poison ivy. I got to go wash it off. And so Sabrina's in the shower and she is just scrubbing and she's saying over and over again, if I'm truly cursed today, let the water wash the hex away. And she just keeps repeating it over and over and over again. She comes out of the shower and she runs into Susie, who is bawling into her locker. They're like, what's going on? What happened? And Susie says, they pulled up my shirt. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is horrible yes and it's assault and it's not acceptable in any world shape or form it's not acceptable to girls it's not acceptable to boys and anything in between it's just not i want to make sure we have a blatant blatant statement on that correct uh sabrina is furious rightfully so and marches her ass right to the principal's office and the principal is played by bronson pinchot did not recognize bronson pinchot there With the white hair 
short cropped. It's not that cropped, but it's stark white. Kind of thin and jawlined. I love him. It's Balky from Perfect Strangers. He's amazing, and I love him always and forever. This character, on the other hand, is very problematic. I love that he's called Hawthorne. <laughs> Sabrina is going after him. She's like, there were four of them. Hawthorne's like, okay, so who? Well, Susie wouldn't tell me, but I know it's those four troglodyte football players. Nice use of the word troglodyte. And she's just trying to emphasize, like, they pulled up her shirt because they wanted to see if she had breasts to see if she was really a boy or a girl under there, which makes me so mad. This makes me mad. And here's the problem is Mm -hmm. there are principals in this universe that would do this exact thing. Yeah. So Principal Hawthorne is like, well, if you would give me their names, then I will have them in for review. Well, Susie wouldn't tell me, but I can guess. Or you could bring in all the football players for questioning. Are you suggesting a witch hunt? I don't care for that term. (laughs) Sabrina. That's cute. But Susie doesn't feel safe here in your school. She's living in a constant state of fear. And Hawthorne's just like, well, if that's true, then might I suggest that Miss Putnam find another school? Fucking dick. Mm Mm-hmm. Fucking asshole. Like, you're going to protect boys doing shit for whatever reason instead of the safety of your other students, which are typically girls. And it's fucking bullshit. It is, and it happens all the fucking time. Oh, it does. I know. Which is why I don't have a real problem with this scene or story, because it's something that very legitimately occurs. This is fine. I, I hate the thing. Oh, of course. It's revolting. And it makes me mad. But I understand using this to further some other stuff. Yeah. So Sabrina is talking to Harvey. They're walking down the halls and explaining, you know, that, you know, what's happening. And she wants Harvey to ask around, try to find out who did it. And Harvey's like, yeah, I'll try. But those guys, they close ranks. And they're especially not going to talk to somebody who's not on their bullshit team. So you're telling me we can't protect Susie, just like everybody else, Harvey. Pretty much. And then Wardwell starts walking down the hall. Perhaps I can be of some assistance, Sabrina. And they're both kind of like, Miss Wardwell? Huh? Yes. So then we cut over to her office and she's talking with Sabrina. Miss Wardwell goes on this little rant. She goes, this town, this school, there's a culture of puritanical masculinity. Ha. And Principal Hawthorne is the most intolerant, the most buffoonish, the most misogynistic of all. When will the world learn? Women should be in charge of everything. Yay. (laughs) Our assistant principal, Miss Glover, she wouldn't turn a blind eye to what's happening. Basically, we decide that uh, Hawthorne's the problem and we want to create a club to help. And we got to get Hawthorne out of the way. And Miss Wardwell says, you know, he's terribly scared of spiders. Absolutely terrified of them. Hmm. So then Sabrina, we see, we see a little clip of Sabrina ripping a picture of Hawthorne out of what appears to be a yearbook. Graven image. A graven image. <laughs> but it's so, the thing is, they could, she could have hammed it up. But instead, she just plays it like a serious teenager. <laughs> All right, graven image got that. Like Let's I'm collecting go. my wares because we're going to do some shit. But also recognizing, okay, I don't have like giant statue pictures of him. I've got a yearbook photo. That'll work. She is adapted to the contemporary witch lifestyle. (laughs) So Sabrina is now walking with Harvey and Roz, and they're talking about this is a problem. The football players are a symptom, but the disease is much 
deeper in the bedrock of the school. And if we're going to fight it, it's going to be with the club for young women to meet and bolster each other. Sabrina is carrying a vintage Archie thermos. I just want to make sure that's pointed out. Adorable. Also, Harvey's just there like, uh-huh, sure, yeah. I don't know what we're talking about, but cool. It sounds awesome. And Roz is just like, okay, you like a club to topple the white patriarchy? And and Harvey's like, wait, what exactly? <laughs> like, And I don't want to call him dumb, dumb Harvey like we would with Archie. It's just that they are moving so fast that Harvey doesn't understand what's going on. They're, they're talking about this and Roz says, okay, but... Hawthorne's going to block this. He wouldn't let me start a Daughters of the Black Panther Club last year. I roll. Yeah, it it is, but it's also kind of hilarious because where are we? Greendale, Daughters of the American Revolution. Very rampant in Northeast. They continue on. They want to do this club very fast, definitely by Friday, just in time for your birthday. Yeah, but we're not making a big deal. And Roz just goes like, it's a big deal. It's your sweet 16. It's on Halloween. There's an eclipse. That kind of cosmic alignment demands a party. And she tries to get Harvey to back her up. And Harvey just explains, look, I, I've i tried, but she won't. And Sabrina tries to brush it off that she's got super secret plans, years in the making plans with her aunt. And that's just the way it is. And we pull back from this scene and we see a raven staring at the table. Which we know from the comics as Madam Satan's familiar. Ah, Stolas, my familiar, my faithful factotum. Our dark lord is wise. He senses her attachment to the mortal world and has sent us to see that his will be done. And see to it we shall. Okay, so I love that. That was a great way of letting us know that she's being watched. Familiars don't talk in this universe, which is interesting. Okay. (laughs) You are correct. I I can't. (laughs) Like... That is something that will be addressed much later in the series in a way that I think you will enjoy. All right. We cut over to the Spellman Sisters Mortuary and Hilda picks up the phone and it's just like, oh, Spellman Sisters Mortuary. Oh, no. And then we cut to Aunt Zelda is like, she's using one of those reflective trays on her face to try to get like sun. Because she's so ridiculously pale. Well, yeah, because they don't age very well. And Hilda's like... A young man has just been stabbed. His mother and father are coming to see us. Poor, poor dears. And Zelda's just like, praise Satan. <laughs> and do the parents wouldn't open or close casting. Well, we didn't get that far, Zelda. Their son had just been stabbed to death. Well, even if it is, we can't use his flesh. We just need his blood for Sabrina's baptism. And human blood is always preferable. So the timing couldn't be more perfect. Hellishly so. Yes, and, yes. And she's chuckling. While Hilda just kind of walks away being like, Okay, Zelda. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so then we have a scene with them meeting with Mr. and Mrs. Kemper. And you're consoling him. We're trying to do everything. And we get this line from Mrs. Kemper that says, we couldn't have children, so we had to adopt Connor. And can you make him look like that? And they show him a picture. Mr. and Mrs. Kemper, as in Edmund Kemper, the family annihilator. He's the serial killer that has the biggest profile on uh, Mindhunter. The big dude, Ed Kemper. Okay, yeah, I don't know those very well. Whatever, it's an in-joke reference to serial murder. I enjoy that. Yeah, because he's been stabbed. And now we get this crazy, ridiculous, long thing. Summarize. Let's summarize this section. Yes, Harvey and Sabrina are walking home. Sabrina starts telling him she's got to go away. 
Harvey gets pissed. Then they go. She's like, okay, let me just show you. I'll explain it to you. I'll show you. So they go to where she was before with the big giant tree stump. She explains to him, this is where she'll be reborn because this was where I was born because I'm a witch. Blah, 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 blah. Harvey starts freaking out and he's like, are you just telling me this because you don't want to be with me? And Sabrina feels bad. So she does a spell to make him forget. And he wakes up and goes, what happened? She goes, we got lost for a minute, but now we're okay. And I was just telling you how I have plans with my aunts this Halloween. It's a really great scene because of the acting yes. Carrie Shipka is doing in it. It just goes on way too long. It's fine, though. I love watching her face as she watches him just completely start to reject her. Yeah. And she's just like, no, no, well, no, no, no. It's not that he's rejecting that she's a witch. It's just... This is so much, and it's out of nowhere. He's just like, okay, clearly, you don't love me, so you want to get rid of me. Like, this is not cool. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Poor dumb boys. And poor Sabrina. Poor Sabrina. So she walks up to the house, and Ambrose is on his laptop outside, and is like, why so glum, Sabrina? I had to tell Harvey that I was leaving Baxter High to go to a posh boarding school, but then I couldn't. I didn't want to lie to him, so I told him I was a witch. What?! Oh, my. But then I took it away. <laughs> so they talk about how horrible this is, and they don't like it. And Ambrose is like, you'll get through it. I'll get through it. But you need to help me with a spell. I got to deal with my principal uh, so I can set up a club at school before my baptism. So it's – and Ambrose is just kind of like – he keeps, like, making that questioning face. So she keeps going on. It's to protect Susie and all the girls. If I can't stay with them, at least I can do this one thing. My grimoire is your grimoire. Love it. And, and what time will we be spellcasting? Midnight-ish? Ooh, the witching hour. Ah, spooky. <laughs> Which I do want to point out, the witching hour is actually 3 a.m., not midnight. And now we go into the kitchen. And all right, so here Sabrina does actually call out the Weird Sisters. Oh, and Hilda, the Weird Sisters are horrible. Everyone who goes to the Academy is snobby and horrible and racist. Yep. I do like that they use the words. I will give them credit for that. And that she references that this is a problem with everybody at the school. Makes sense. Okay, I get points for that. Hilda's like, well, why would they curse you? And Sabrina's like, well, I washed it off of me. Like, well, we're going to check that for sure. And Zelda comes in and says, well, they're jealous. You're the daughter of a high priest and they're nobodies. Um, And this is exactly why you need a familiar. And Sabrina says, well, I tried summoning one. Nobody showed up. Yeah. And Hilda hands Sabrina an egg. says, all right, break an egg. Please, miss. Come on. So she breaks an egg into a bowl, and it's red. Blood red. The blood red rock. She goes, oh, right. That's a blood curse. It's lingering. Oh, so untreated. That's going to slowly eat away at your health, your will, and your sanity. Uh, so a regimen of salt water baths, reversing candles for a couple weeks, and that should do the trick, I think. All right, off you go. <laughs> I love how matter of fact Hilda is about this. Like, mm, this could kill you. So, okay, cool. And as she's leaving, Sabrina says, Auntie, the weird sister said something about mom and dad. See that their accident, they were implying that it wasn't an accident. And Zelda gets very defensive. That's poppycock. Your father and mother were flying to Italy. Edward was giving a lecture to the Vatican when their plane went down, tragically. Now get upstairs into that bath like your Aunt Hilda says. Suspicious. Suspicious. Uh, they exchange glances. Yeah. So then Sabrina has a bath dream where she gets out of the tub naked. And while we don't see her naked, it's clearly a body double. Like, this is unnecessary. The naked Sabrina was unnecessary. I, it's just gross. Well. She's supposed to be a 16-year-old girl. No, I, I get that. Like but there's, what I will say is the way it's stylized, it's so dreamlike mm-hmm. and nightmare 
that it didn't feel gratuitous to me, honestly. The way that they shot it was more, she's in the woods in a dream state, and she's envisioning herself in the bathtub. I actually was okay with it. I didn't think it was just trying to show a naked teenager for the sake of it. Maybe I'm just becoming an old prude, but I just felt it was unnecessary, and they should have removed that. They didn't need it. Like, we didn't need the shot of her getting out of the tub. She fell asleep in the bath, and she starts hearing a baby cry. So she gets out, and she's walking through the forest. She sees her her mom and her dad with a baby, and they're walking away. And she's like, Mom, Dad, wait. Are you coming to my baptism? I've taken your names. I hope it's all right. And the mom and dad leave the baby on this altar. And when Sabrina gets to the altar, there's two babies. And she lifts up the blanket, and one baby has, you know, baby feet. And the other baby has cloven hooves. Hey now. Hey now, that's creepy. And so she wakes up with fright and she puts on her super cute pink pajamas and she goes to Ambrose's room. Ambrose is getting things ready for the spell and he's like, you know, this isn't like you. You know, you're using witchcraft to settle a personal vendetta. Sabrina just says, you know, desperate times, Ambrose. Now remember, I don't want to kill Principal Hawthorne. I just need to give him a good scare. And Miss Wardwell told me he's terrified of spiders. And Ambrose is like, that's easy. And Hilda keeps them as her familiars. Grab lantern of spiders. They put the picture of what's his fa- of Hawthorne in there. Right before Ambrose is just like, are you sure you don't want to kill him? Because we could do that. <laughs> He's bored. <laughs> All right. So they, they put his photo in the jar with the spiders and like, spider, oh, spider, pray, why do you spin your pretty white web so fine and so thin to catch fat flies and make them into pies? And we see, we watch Principal Hawthorne in his, in his house watching TV and the room just starts getting filled with spiders and taking over him, attacking him. Gross. Super gross. And Sabrina, you know, she comes down the stairs. She's all happy as can be. She goes to her room and it is freezing and the window is open and she looks at the windowsill and there are claws on it. And she goes, oh no, what now? And she hears this raspy voice going, Sabrina, who are you? Show yourself. And we kind of see this demon-like being next to it. And it says, I heard you calling in the woods. And then it kind of dissolves. And then, and I came. And we see this cat. And Sabrina chuckles and she picks it up. She is such a pretty kitty. What's your name? Wednesday. <laughs> title. <laughs> Wednesday title card. <laughs> and, you know, again, we I know we mentioned this previously, I think on our comic book coverage, but Kieran Shipka, who plays Sabrina, is allergic to cats. Yes. Um, at one point, RAS considered changing Salem to a dog, but it's just not the same. No. You know, Kieran did hold the cat, but this is kind of one of those where you, you kind of CGI'd the cat completely. So we could have had more cat. Yes, or, or you Or you just do a combination. You have a real cat, which I understand could be a problem, depending on how severe her allergy is, could be a problem having a real cat on set, because then you have to clean everything crazy. Yeah. But then you could also have, like, you know, a puppet cat stuffed animal that she could hold. Like, there's there's ways they could have done this. Which I think they did some. I feel like you see it every once in a while there. <laughs> We get the Wednesday title card, and we cut to it's the breakfast table, and Aunt Zelda's like, I don't understand you, niece. You'd rather a feral familiar than one bread for service. And Sabrina's just like, um, Salem doesn't serve me. We're in a partnership. He'll protect me. I'll protect him. Progressive Sabrina! Yeah! 
They they talk again about, you know, purifying herself and drinking more of this garbage. Hilda says she's put a bit more cinnamon in it this time. <laughs> Sabrina's like, okay, so I'm in the middle of getting this club started at school. Women protecting women like a coven. Yeah. I was hoping maybe we could postpone my baptism a little bit, to which... And Zelda is just completely a god. And you can hear Hilda go, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sabrina, you cannot postpone your 16th birthday, especially not if it falls on the eclipsing of the blood moon, which only occurs once every 66 years. Sabrina, you know, goes back. She goes, it's not just about the club. There's also the Harvey of it all. We very recently took things to the next level. He hasn't defiled you, has he? Which law forbids novitiates from being anything less than virginal? And Ambrose is like, oh, wow. <laughs> very weirded out. Aunt Zelda, that's none of anyone's business, but no. Praise Satan. <laughs> Both witches say that. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to run around and start saying praise Satan. Oh, praise Satan. Okay, so they, they just kind of, they go back and forth. And All this back and forth is evangelicalism as Satan worship. It, it very much is. This is the best thing that could ever happen, writing your name in his book, and you want to deny him that, and... Zelda's like, we should have homeschooled you, as is our custom. And Hilda does be like, you know, Sabrina, do you want to join the Church of the Night as a full member? And Sabrina goes, I think so. But why do I have to give up everything in my life that's human to do it? Zelda's like, well, it's which law? Path of Night or Path of Light? But not both. And Sabrina says, yeah, but my father, a warlock, married my mother and she was human. To which eventually both of the sisters just look at her and go, that's what your parents wanted. Zelda goes into it and be like, you know, it nearly got Edward excommunicated. And, you know, but this is what they wanted. Right, Hilda? And she's getting very in Hilda's face. And Hilda kind of goes, mm, well, they did, Lamb. They, they said that many times. And Zelda just says, you're a daughter of the Church of Night. Your father was a high priest. You'll be baptized under a blood moon as we were, all the spellmans before you were, as your children will be. And that niece is final. So Sabrina runs outside. Ambrose follows her. And he does ask her a very pointed question. That spell we cast on Hawthorne last night, you enjoyed that. From the glint in your eye, you loved it. And she says, yes. And Ambrose says, you realize that your gifts, that euphoria, will fade to nothing if you aren't baptized. Thank you, exposition Ambrose. And Sabrina says, I get that, but I need to be sure. She's questioning. That's also very fair. So Ambrose sets her on this, you need a mal of malice. What's that? Well, it depends on who's translating. If it's a man, it's an apple of evil. And if it's a woman, it's the fruit of knowledge. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> For those of you bought, brought up in the church, we'll find that quite hilarious and enjoyable. Thank you. Uh, good times. I, I enjoy that. So basically, you got to go find a super old tree and bite into the apple and it'll answer you what's going on. Groovy. Groovy. <laughs> so then we cut to Wardwell and she's talking to Stolas, her, her raven, who we had just seen uh, spying on Sabrina. And she's just like, if the Malum shows the half-breed something that dissuades her from the baptism, our Dark Lord wouldn't like that, would he? So we cut to the office. Roz and Sabrina have gone to find Hawthorne. They find out he's not there. So they ask Mrs. Meeks, the secretary, we need to get this club done. So let's get this approved. And the secretary acquiesces. So then they're running down the hall. Yay, come on, Susie, we need your help, Okay. And they go into the library or 
I don't know, meeting room, whatever. And Susie's like, you guys are doing this just for me? And like, no, we're doing it for all of us. 53% of Baxter High is female. And this school needs a club like this. It's long overdue. And so they decide that they're going to name their club Wicca. The Women's Intersectional Cultural and Creative Association. Wicca. Yay. It's so cute. And the more girls who who join, the harder will be to silence. Hey, look. Paganism has gotten super feminist recently, and it's kind of kick-ass. Sabrina gets called to Miss Wardwell's office, and they talk, and Sabrina kind of lays out that she's been offered the opportunity to go to a private school, but her dad went to that school, and she doesn't want to leave behind her life, basically. And Miss Wardwell is just like, well, it's it's not about just this boy, right? You know, I know you really like like him i think this merits further discussion so why don't you come back after school so we can untangle this gordian knot together i like that reference sabrina's like oh i can't today i have to go apple picking and miss wordwell's like oh where would that be (laughs) and we cut to ambrose you know he's he's going to work down in the mortuary he's got this stabbed boy connor and he's you know addressing his his body and he realizes that he's got a mark on his arm so he goes up to the ants. He's like, you need to see something downstairs. We go back down and Zelda's like, it's just a birthmark. Ambrose says, except that I picked it and it doesn't bleed. Like, oh, well, it's a witch's mark then. Or simply that his blood started to settle in his buttocks. Like they, like they're trying, like Zelda does not want this to be true. Nope. Because it's, it's annoying to her. It also could mean a witch hunter is amongst them. Is that possible? It might be worth bringing up at the next council. Yet another reason Sabrina needs to join the Church of Night, so she's protected. Yeah, witches without covens are easy pickings. So they they decide, okay, we've got to tell the council. Hilda says, you know, I've been praying on that, Zelda. And I think that if she talks to someone, an outside opinion, who would you have her talk to, Hilda? The Dark Lord himself? No. And then Hilda actually waits for a minute. Because she's actually thinking through Sabrina talking to the Dark Lord. Uh, No, 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 no. No, but I feel like someone as close to him as reasonably possible. (laughs) Like Hilda's offering up a fair compromise to try to get Sabrina on their side. And then Zelda. Uh, This made me so happy. It's a shame that he didn't have a closed casket. It's been so long since we had Long Pig. We had Long Pig for dinner in ages. Ugh. Long pig to describe humans is one of my favorite terms ever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty fun. Uh, uh, thank you, John Roderick. Because in the comic book, they actually like feast on human flesh a lot. That's their like big source of food. Well, clearly they do in they this... do in this world, but in the comic book, it's more very explicit, and it's something that happens more often. Yes, and they couldn't get away with this being TV fourteen if they did that. Well, so it's it's just hinted at that this is. Their primary sustenance feeding. Yeah. So then we see Harvey and Sabrina on their way to apple picking. I love that when we get to the orchard, we see nothing but old-fashioned cars. And we see this giant hay maze in the distance. It's very cute. Harvey says he's going to go get a pumpkin for his stoop. And Sabrina's like, all right, got to go find this Malamalis. She walks to the entrance of the hay maze. And she sees a sign that says, old tree. It was an arrow. (laughs) So then she's walking through and she Nothing's gets... ever easy, is it? <laughs> she sees a scarecrow and she does hickory pickery, hickory pickery, where shall this girl go? 
And so she goes one way, and the next thing you know, the scarecrow isn't there anymore, and the scarecrow attacks her, and the yeah, scarecrow's running after coming. her. And then we cut to Wardwell, who's using a puppet scarecrow to chase her, which is really kind of awesome. So funny. It's very creepy, but the the way Michelle Gomez plays that is amazing, and I do love it. Yeah. It's great. And so basically the scarecrow keeps coming after her and then Salem attacks the scarecrow and like roars and sounds like a lion. So great. Salem's doing his duty. He's protecting Sabrina. And then as Sabrina walks over, just a little kitty cat pawing at some scarecrow clothes. Says, good boy. Love that when we go back to Ordwell's office, the doll is completely torn to shreds. Yeah. She's pissed. Sabrina tells... Salem is like, okay, well, can you help me get through the maze to the tree? And how will I know, Salem, which apple is the Malamalus? And then we see this one perfect red apple, and she picks it, and she goes, Malam, should I be baptized? And then we get this, we see the tree again, and we see dead bodies floating at the tree, and then there's blood on her hands, and these hung witches all around. It's and clearly the Greendale witches. The, yeah. This is clearly where the witches were hung. Mm-hmm. And then a beast emerges from the tree stump. Based on our experience from the comics, mm-hmm. this looks like the Dark Lord. Yes. It does appear to be the Dark Lord. Yep. And then she spits out the apple and the vision is gone. So clearly, as the Dark Lord is coming for her, she is not okay with this. Yeah. Harvey comes up. He's like, hey, pumpkins are in the truck. And she's like, why didn't you wait for me? And then he sees the cat. He goes, who's this little guy? He's a stray. I'm taking him home. Huh. I never really thought of you as a cat person, but okay. Wink, wink. Very cute. And so we go home and Sabrina's, she's, she's just very determined. She walks in. Aunties, Ambrose, can we please have a family meeting? I've made a decision about my baptism. We're in here in the front room. And she, she goes into this room. There's a fire and we see there's a gentleman there. And he says, is this the child? It is, Your Excellency. This is our niece, Sabrina. Oh, my child, you have no idea how special you are, how you've been chosen. Sorry, do I know you? <laughs> when he is pissed when Sabrina says this. The answer, and shocked. Zelda instantly jumps in. Honestly, forgive her. Father, she knows not what she says. Sabrina, we are being honored tonight. This is Faustus Blackwood. He's high priest of the Church of Night. And Hilda goes, Dark Lord Satan's representative on Earth. <laughs> I love it. Lucy Davis is Hilda. They're just so perfectly matched and opposite. I love it. Because they're very adorable in the comic books. Like, they talk telepathically. And they didn't do that in this show. And I just, but I love their banter. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. So Father Blackwood continues and he says, your aunts tell me that you're having doubts about your baptism, that you may in fact not be signing your name in the Book of the Beast. Sabrina kind of goes, uh... That cannot be. That must not be. So let us see what I can do to convince you. Roll credits. Very good. Very good cliffhanger. I kind of wish this show had actually been on television. Just because the way the episodes are paced is very well done. So, like, this would be a great, be like, ah, I gotta wait a week to find out what happens next. Would have been great. Well, and they would have been forced to cut 15 minutes out of it, which is probably well, to their benefit. That is actually, one good actually, complaint on this. It, it, it does run a bit long in moments. It's a little bit long. But what they could have done is they could have released one a week, like a broadcast network. They do it with the other show, with some of their other shows. They have weekly shows on Netflix. I know, but they didn't, and they chose not to. They... And o- other streaming networks do that, too. I think that's a model that Netflix could actually benefit from in some of these cases. This show 
really could have benefited from a week-by-week release. It would have. Well, that's not what they chose to do, though. Well, obviously not. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. You're, you're still in? You like it? You're yeah. in? I'm in. All right. Well, we got nine more, plus the holiday special, which is coming out on December 14th, which I was really excited that that's happening. I'm kind of sad that we aren't going to be up to date enough to do that in time for the holidays, but it'll happen. We'll cover it. But if you want more of this. Yeah. So if you like this coverage of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, you're going to have to join our Patreon to get the following episodes. We anticipate putting out one a week pretty regularly. I think we're going to try to do a Tuesday release. But if you become a Patreon subscriber, you will get a notification when we add the new content. But it should be every week. Mm -hmm. And you can do that at patreon.com slash Macintosh and Mod. Go join. All right. Until next time. Hashtag. Praise Praise Satan. Satan.